When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Raider Nation? Matt Holder from Silver and Black Pride with a playoff edition of our Friday podcast. The Raiders are out in Cincinnati this week to get some revenge on the Bengals and win their first playoff game since 2003. But before that, as always, we have to go over our biggest news stories of the week, the injury report, and answer your questions. As your weekly reminder, you can tweet your questions at me at mholder95 or email them to sppquestions1 at gmail.com. Adam Holder 95 or SPPQuestions1 at gmail.com. Let's get to it. We'll start with the best news coming out of Las Vegas this week. Well, of course, besides them making the playoffs, the Raiders had two players earn Player of the Week honors, defensive end Max Crosby and kicker Daniel Carlson. Carlson, as you might remember, also won it last week and tied Sebastian Janikowski's franchise record with three Player of the Week honors in one season. You also might remember that I said Carlson has a chance to break Jano's record with a potential game-winning kick, and I'm not saying I'm 100% responsible for him winning another award and breaking the record, but I willed it into existence at the very least, and I'm definitely going to take credit for that. Him going 5-5 on his field goal attempts, including a 47-yarder to win it, might have had something to do with Carlson becoming the first kicker to win the Player of the Week award four times in one season, too. It's also worth noting that Steelers fans generously donated to the kicker's charity after his last second kick, also helped send Pittsburgh to the playoffs. As for Crosby, he wreaked havoc all night for the, against the Chargers and ended with 11 pressures, 7 total tackles, 3 TFLs, 3 batted passes, and 2 sacks. This is the second time he's won Defensive Player of the Week this season, and the third time in his career. Crosby was also voted by his teammates as this year's Commitment to Excellence Award winner and received the Clegg Long Award from local media. Here's to both those guys keeping that momentum going this weekend. The past few weeks have been filled with tributes and people remembering former Raiders head coach and legendary football icon John Madden. Well, Congress is no different as a bipartisan group of congressmen held a special order hour to honor Madden on the floor of the U.S. House of Representatives. This was led by Congressman Eric Sawell, a Democrat from California, Rodney Davis, a Republican from Illinois, Jim Costa, another Democrat from California, and Jerry McNeary, one more Democrat from the Sunshine State. It's really been awesome to see how much and how many people John Madden was able to impact and inspire. Most of you probably already saw this, but if you didn't, Raiders fullback Alec Ingold wrote a letter to Raider Nation that the Las Vegas Review Journal published. Ingold's message came straight from the heart and talked about how much adversity he's personally faced this season after tearing his ACL, and about all of the crap the team has had to overcome, and he thanked the fan base for sticking by the team's side all season long. If you haven't checked it out yet, Head over to the Review Journal and give it a read because it was an awesome message from a stand-up guy within the organization. Obviously, the Raiders still have a game to play this season and hopefully have a few more, but it never hurts to take a look and see who the Raiders will be playing and where next season as that became official after the final regular season game. Just for clarification, this is not the schedule. That gets released later. Just who the opponents are and where. So, in no particular order, the Raiders will have home games against the Broncos, Chiefs, and Chargers, of course. But they'll also get the Patriots at home, the Cardinals, the 49ers for the first Battle of the Bay outside of the Bay, the Texans, and the Colts. On the road, they'll obviously play the AFC West, the Pittsburgh Steelers, New Orleans Saints, Tennessee Titans, Jacksonville Jaguars, Los Angeles Rams, and Seattle Seahawks. So, you LA Raider fans will get treated to two games in your backyard next season. 
Unfortunately, I do have some bad news to report to you guys. Defensive tackle Darius Phylon was having an excellent game against the Chargers, but went down and had to leave the game on the injury cart. Earlier this week, an MRI revealed that Phylon tore his patella tendon in his knee, ending his season and keeping him out of the playoffs. That's a crushing blow for the Raiders' defensive line as Phylon had been playing really well at the end of the regular season and was seemingly coming into his own. In a corresponding move, the Raiders signed defensive lineman Isaiah Bugs to the practice squad. Bugs will be eligible to play in the playoffs and was recently released by the Steelers. He spent three seasons in Pittsburgh after getting drafted in the sixth round out of Alabama back in 2019 and has played in 29 games, starting seven of them, and has 31 tackles in his career. We'll see what the defensive tackle rotation looks like with Hankins, Jefferson, Vickers, Thomas, and now Bugs. Moving on to the Raiders' injury report, the team did get some good news on that front at least. The Raiders had every healthy player at least participate in practice this week as the following players were limited. Defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins, back in knee, was a DNP on Thursday and, or excuse me, Tuesday and Wednesday, but got upgraded to limited on Thursday and has been ruled questionable for the game. Cornerback Casey Hayward was limited with an ankle. Running back Josh Jacobs, ribs. Tight end Darren Waller, knee, and he's expected to play. Defensive tackle Quentin Jefferson, foot. And another defensive tackle, Kendall Vickers, back. The following guys were also listed on the injury report, but full participants in practice. Linebacker Divine Diablo, shoulder and wrist. Center Andre James, foot. Safety Trevon Merrick, shoulder. Tight end Foster Moreau, ab and ankle. Linebacker Denzel Perryman, wrist. And wide receiver Hunter Renfro, hip. Now the Raiders did get some more good news on the injury front as they designated linebacker Nicholas Morrow to return to practice this week. And he practiced all week. However, it is believed that he will not play in the game on Saturday. For the Bengals injury report, the only significant one they have is the defensive tackle Josh Tuopo, who has been ruled doubtful for the game. That could be big as the Raiders have been placing an emphasis on running the ball lately, and that should continue on Saturday. And Tuopo is one of the Bengals' better run defenders on their defensive line, and the rest of the guys aren't very good against the run. So again, this could be a significant loss. Here we go. Question time. As always, tweet your questions at me, AdamHolder95, or email them to sbpquestions1 at gmail.com. First question, win or lose, would you bring Mayock and or Rich back for 2022, or would you want to bring in a guy like Harbaugh? Well, I think I'd definitely bring back Mayock no matter what. I've been, uh, I think I've been fairly vocal about wanting to bring him back and wanting to see what he can do in the drafts without Gruden around. So I'd be up for bringing Mayock back regardless. I want to see, again, I want to see what he can do in the drafts. As for Bisakia, I kind of think his goose is cooked a little bit. Um, I talked about this a little bit last week. The, uh, the, the bad stretch that they, the Raiders hit, I think, definitely uh, put a sour taste in my mouth for him. And I think in today's game, part of the thing with your, your head coach is you kind of need a guy that's going to be a little bit more involved with your scheme, whether it be offensively or defensively. The reason being, if you're relying on your coordinators for that, well, if you start getting good and if they're any good, they're going to be getting a head job and leaving somewhere else. And they're going to be stuck with a head coach that doesn't have the quite scheme that you were running before to help get you uh, to be successful. So that's kind of where I'm at. As for Harbaugh, I'd definitely be up for Harbaugh. Again, you know, I really uh, really praise Bisaccia for the year he's done, and I like the guy and hope maybe he can stick around the organization, maybe as a special teams coach. But, yeah, if I had to pick between those two guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unfortunately have to go with Harbaugh on that one. But we'll see what happens. Next question, what do you think the Raiders need to do differently this time to beat the Bengals, and what should they do again? One of the things that I think they need to do, especially in this game, is get the running game going early and take play ball control, play a ball-controlled style of offense. If you go back and look at the last game, the Bengals dominated time of possession by almost 15 minutes, so almost an entire quarter of play time. Um, and the Raiders' defense was just out on the field way too long, ended up getting worn down, and that's why the score ended up looking the way it does. 
So I think one of the things the Raiders need to do is kind of flip that game on its head and kind of establish the run early and kind of get that and play that ball control offense, keep the Bengals' weapons on the sidelines. And that's going to be the biggest thing for me that they need to do differently as far as what they need to do again. I wrote an article earlier this week about containing Jamar Chase, and I think one of the things the Raiders did really well last time is they did a lot of bracket coverage. They didn't leave Chase alone by himself in single coverage a whole lot, and he only had about three catches for 32 yards, did have the one touchdown in the red zone. But again, you know, compared to some of his other big games, that's nothing. So I think that's going to be the biggest thing is making sure you don't uh, leave Chase out on an island and give um, whoever the corner is as much help as possible and let somebody else beat you. All right, next one up. Are you worried about Derek Carr in the cold this weekend? Well, I think you can't uh, deny that he hasn't played well in the cold this or in his career. I think he did play well against Cleveland. I don't remember exactly what the conditions were, but played all right or played good enough at least to win. But I think regardless of whether, where this game is played, regardless of the weather, like I was just talking about, the Raiders need to establish the run, and that needs to be the emphasis for the, for the Raiders' offense. Even if the game was in Vegas under the dome or in the 100-degree Vegas heat, I think that's going to be the offensive focus. I mean, I can't can't help but not have confidence in this guy anymore. I mean, or excuse me, I said that wrong. I can't help but have confidence in this guy anymore, the way that he's handled this season. I feel like he'll be able to handle the cold, at least be a, the game manager that the team will need him to be. And again, kind of just be there when he needs to and be there when uh, when, the, when it matters most, like we all kind of love and grow from Derek Carr. All right, last question here. If the Raiders lose this weekend, is this still a win? Or is this season still a win, excuse me? A resounding yes. I mean, I think the goal from the get-go is to make the playoffs. Even if they hadn't dealt with all the other crap and Gruden was still a coach and it was just kind of, you know, the run-of-the-mill season, I would call the season a win just to make the playoffs. I think that was their goal. I think that was one of the biggest things they wanted to do is get that monkey off their back and at least get that postseason experience where a team that is very, very young, I mean, even the most senior guy in Derek Carr doesn't have any playoff experience. So I think in that standpoint alone, it definitely is a win. And then when you factor in, all the things that happen, losing Gruden, losing Ruggs, losing Arnett, all that other crap. Um, you know, I, I think there it's, it's a resounding win, even if they lose to the Bengals, which, of course, would be a, a disappointing way to end it. But, again, I think big picture looking at everything and how this season unfolded and, you know, all the adversity that they've overcome, and they ended up making or they ended up reaching their, their uh, goal that they set at the beginning of the season. So, yeah, regardless of what happens on Saturday, I'm going to be proud of this Raiders team, and this season is most certainly still a win. Well, guys, that's all I got for you this week. Another huge game for the Raiders, and I couldn't be more excited, and I know you are too. Let's hope for the best, and like always, make sure to follow Silver and Black Pride, and follow me on Twitter, at at mholder95. Rate, review, subscribe, and download, like always, wherever you listen to podcasts. Please, I really appreciate that. Appreciate that. I can't even talk right now. That's so you know it's the end of the show. We really appreciate that. That helps us grow. And until next time, guys.